Mormons cannot ask each other out without everything being those annoying viral videos of promposals. Fucking puzzle pieces in balloons and Oreos on her car and fucking uh. magnets and she's just fuck. This is what happens when you don't fuck. <laughs> if you know it doesn't... The reason why I ask, hey, you want to go out and then maybe fuck is because I'm hoping to get to the fucking. But if you know there's no fucking, you're like, answer my riddles three, Batman. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because it's all building towards something. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. You know what an RM with a CTR who RWH would say to their WML and PEC about finding some YSAs? Did none of that make sense? Neither will most of this movie. Yeah. Have a good time. A couple yeah. Mormons might have understood that sentence, though. <laughs> I don't think a lot of Mormons are listening. And sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm good, Noah. Question, am I am I fluent in the English language? I feel, <laughs> feel like I was, but this movie really changed that I for don't me. know why you felt like you were. <laughs> I've, I've seen your notes. That's fair. You know what? Fair. You're retracted. Yeah. All right, so tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched The Singles Ward. It's the story of how the Mormon church truly cares about the happiness of its members, and they have an elaborate system in place to make sure nobody becomes Heath. It's, <laughs> it's a heartwarming tale. And Eli, how bad was this movie? Well... If it was brewing in the slithy toe <laughs> and it did gyre and gimble in the way, <laughs> you will love this movie. Look, I know a lot of this review is going to be that this movie made no fucking sense, but we should explain. We have read the Book of Mormon. We have, we have been to Salt Lake City and seen almost a dozen Mormon movies, and this film was still... Fucking indecipherable. <laughs> it's Finnegan's Wake level indecipherable. Combined with like Murphy Brown level references that yeah. are ridiculous too. Yeah. Oh. And also, Eli, how meta was this movie? Well, I usually take a first couple of minutes before the record to fill these in. And I already used my catchphrase. And so unless we're going to do rule of threes and have me do it again, it won't work. It was pretty meta. We're not in the same room right now. <laughs> good ass teeth. I could ask teeth. All right. But so here's the thing, though. Half the time I was frustrated because I had no fucking idea what the hell was going on. And the other half... I was frustrated because I did, right? Like there was there were times in this movie where you got the deep cut Mormon reference and you were like, fuck, oh, what man. have I done with my life? I'm yes, 36. that is so much of this movie is just me being like, I get that. <laughs> I could have been the snowman. <laughs> oh, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I'm going to go with best worst shirts and we've seen a lot of shirts we've done a lot of movies but the main character in this movie has like 
the Xander Cage fur coat of shirts. <laughs> Not once, but twice. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, can, can we talk about the shirts or you want to wait until they show up? Well, let's, oh, let's, let's wait, wait for them. Because okay. those are one of the few things that I understand here. So I was able to write shouts <laughs> about it. All right, I was going to go with best worst cameos that Eli couldn't possibly notice. Because, okay, so this movie has a bunch of cameos from, like, famous Mormon athletes. <laughs> so Eli has no idea. And they've got the, they're the typical cameo moments where they make jokes that, you know, are about that person's athletic career. And I'm reading through Eli's notes, and it's just as confusing to him as the Mormon in-jokes are. Yes, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I didn't understand any of this movie. So when they stop the movie for a minute so that people can golf, and I'm just like, <laughs> what's, what's happening? Is this a Mormon? joke do i know these people do i not know these people i could have been the snowman that's a lot of my notes <laughs> and speaking of self-referential i'm gonna go with best worst self-referential humor <sighs> this is this is like raping somebody and being like rapists am i right this whole movie doesn't <laughs> seem to understand what self-aware means right right Doing shots, what an alcoholic, right? <laughs> if you know, stop. <laughs> you have to stop. All right, well, there's somehow both a lot and very little to get to. So while we puzzle out that contradiction, we're going to pause for a quick break. But when we come back, we'll dig into all the tongue-in-cheek Mormon in-jokes that are the singles ward. Hi, I'm No Illusions, and if you've ever been to one of our live shows or even seen a picture of us, you probably noticed that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35, and once you start to notice your hair loss, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you could be really funny and marry way out of your league and then spend your life desperately trying to prove to her that marrying a bald, fat guy was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, you could learn to masturbate to videos of women unrolling masking tape, alternatively. Or maybe you can get a toupee. Trust me, nobody will ever notice. But as it happens, it's a lot easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. And that's where our friends at 4 can help. 4 is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. They offer well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Plus, they're the only advertisers that let us say dick pills as often as we want in their ads. Dick pills. Dick pills. Dick pills, dick pills. Dick pills. Dick pills. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. No snake oil or gas station counter woo. We're talking about prescription solutions backed by science. Trust me, I use for Hims and it saves me hours of awkward doctor visits in the waiting room. Just answer a few questions and a doctor will review and can prescribe products that'll be shipped directly to your door. And right now we got a special offer to get you started. Our listeners get a trial month of Hims. For just $5 today while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or the pharmacy. Just go to 4 slash gam. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash gam. Dick pills. Dick pills. Dick pills. Dick pills. Dick pills. Penis. Pills for your dick. <laughs> From the makers of the singles war. It's like a Leahoni at General Conference. What? Um, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Rewind it. That didn't make sense. Comes the guidebook for all who didn't escape the world's most confusing cult of white people. It's like a compass at the big meeting we all have. 
Oh, the okay. thing with That's the, the, yeah, the, the, the thing from the right. desert. For the uninitiated, the unbelieving, or even just the normal comes the Singles War. Skeleton Key. In the name of Anna, the Amiziful, the ever-living, the bringer of pluribytes, haloed be her eve, her sing-time sung, her rill be run, unhemmed as it is uneven. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's not Mormonism. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It might be. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start this thing off like an ASMR video, which is nice. Little little scrapbooking credits. <laughs> also, we see a disc man early on. Ooh. Oh, that was excellent. That made me happy. Made me want to go back to the '90s and like masturbate while rollerblading or something. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> made me want to. Made me want to hit the bass boost, motherfuckers. Oh, by the way, music note here. Does it count as Christian rock if we say Jesus words while a guitar happens? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. That, my, my music note was Eli singing a punchline, right? <laughs> That's how literal this goddamn song is. Also, we learned that this movie was made in association with LDSsingles.com, yep. which I went to and opened an account. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'll tell awesome. you the story as that rolls in. Um, also, their website front page looks exactly like a Cialis commercial. It like really exact, does. Like it might as well have like 20 tubs out in a field everybody <laughs> holding hands. It's the best. They're all in their magic underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so the the credits end and they're all scrapbooky and stuff. And then we start the fucking movie proper with both a ticking clock and an unanswered phone. They're like desperately trying to annoy us with all the movie <laughs> annoy you tropes. A lo- they're just like a loaded gun and then a, a fuse gets set. They're just hitting all of the annoy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So our main character is waking up to the new board activities director at his ward calling him. Right. And Keep he up, motherfuckers. And he doesn't want to do it. So he's going to sexually harass her to teach her a lesson. <laughs> Classic no, right? Oh, like, and, and this is so fucked up. He squanders it so, because I was so sympathetic to this character until the sexual <laughs> right. harassment, right? He was fucking with a telemarketer, but then he's way over. Yeah, right, because, okay, so it's the chick from his church calling to say, hey, I hear you're an entertainer professionally. Would you like to do that for free at our thing? And all I wrote was just, fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! And he even does this right at this point. He's like, hey, do you have a job? Do you do it for free all the fucking time? Except that he then has to say, what are you? And she says, a nurse. And he's like, well, will you come over here and give me a free sponge bath? He's like, no, no, see, that's now that's... Now that's sexual harassment. Uh, nah, it's no fun. That's no yeah. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. And again, two thirds of this podcast come up with very creative ways for people to fuck themselves on a pretty regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never had to resort to rape culture. So I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he breaks the fourth wall because they they were like, oh, you know what else annoys people? <laughs> yeah. And every new shot starts with like, Oh, hello. Didn't see you there, camera. Like, <laughs> like the actor thinks each camera angle is a new person he has to talk to. Yeah, it's fucking it's... exhausting. Well, Whole and movie. then after saying, you know, I didn't see you there, he goes right into, he's like, well, you know how it is when the Bishop Rick Lamanites the Quorum of Elohim Mormon word, right? And <laughs> what? 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 
What? Yeah, again, <laughs> this is the first time, but as we've hinted at, not the last time that this movie will just casually walk in such deep Mormon cuts that I was just like, well, ah, ah, ah. I was constantly, because here's the thing, I watch <laughs> these movies relatively casually. My wife walks in the room, I pay attention to what she says, oh yeah, no, we'll get dinner later. Every time my wife spoke, I was like, shut up, shut up, I missed it! I <laughs> now I won't know which fucking pin this piece of yarn goes to! Which <laughs> yeah. apostle... Is the uh, what does that even mean to them? That's just a guy. They just use the word apostle to mean guy. Honestly, if I did a control F on the notes right now, how many what would be in the notes do you think, between the three of us? Hundred and seventeen. Yeah, over, over under hundred. Yeah. Well, and it's okay. So here's the thing. I we should say we originally had an ex Mormon guest planned, and then she got sick and couldn't make it. And we we were like, hey, maybe we could get Bryce to do it. And then we're like, this 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 episode would be forty five years long if Bryce had to try to explain to us what all this shit. Meant. So we're just gonna puzzle it out. Feel free to write in to us later and tell us what any of the shit means. Bryce um, could the- do an entirely different My Book of Mormon podcast based <laughs> on this movie. You know how he goes through stuff? He could do yeah. the whole thing, just a new show, My The Singles Ward. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the, the whole point of his, his little monologue while he's getting breakfast is just to tell us he used to be way into this Mormonism thing, but not so much anymore. Yeah. Uh, quick thing. During this breakfast eating, so he pour cereal into a bowl and then he's eating cereal off of a flat plate in the very next shot dry with a spoon (laughs) like what the did their bowl and milk budget run out between (laughs) shots their lease end on that stuff what the fuck happened yeah there were continuity errors in this movie that you almost seem to have to be trying to make (laughs) seems like it had to be on purpose we also get some really sweet Nancy Reagan humor here. Topical. <laughs> Topical for the movie made in 2002. Yes. Yeah. The, the Nancy Reagan reference was weird. Like, it was like a just say no thing to, mm. to Mormonism. He's like, yeah, so I say the same thing as Nancy Reagan when they call me up. And I want him to be like, your name is Ronald and you're the president. <laughs> this, is, this is not a movie. It's super important that you hear me. Weird. That's a real red. Don't press the red button. Tell me where the monkey is or I'll push the button. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But so, but he's like, but of course I wasn't always cynical and hellbound. So we flash back to like three years ago, him. And there's this scene that exists all on its own. That's just him helping an old lady move. And the whole bit is old people. They're useless. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Nuts. And again, it's, it is. Hey, remember when I helped old lady moves? But again, entirely coded and like, you know, when the brother comes over and puts his hand on the back of your neck. And I was like, what incest porn? I got to I'm putting this into Pornhub. And he's like, no. and then you say, of course, better angels of our nature, upside down fruitcake. And of course, <laughs> back and forth and all around. And you're like, what? It's just to help old ladies move because you're stuck in a church activity scene, but it has to be encoded in fucking jabberwocky level nonsense. And then, of course, he's got to tell us about his uh, his failed marriage. This scene is amazing. Okay, my favorite moments. So he had just graduated from BYU. He goes back to his apartment and he notices that there are beers in the fridge. (laughs) He does a literal 
delayed reaction double take about seeing the beer in the oh, fridge. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Eli, he opens the fridge. There's clearly some beer in there. He closes it. And then he's like, hey, wait a minute. Does beer come in four packs? <laughs> or, or did somebody just binge drink 24 ounces of Budweiser? <laughs> So he goes to the other room. The wife has now lost her faith in Jesus. So immediately she went out and bought beer and cigarettes, right? (laughs) (laughs) And again, so much of this movie is trying to hit the beats of a romantic comedy because in a human romantic comedy, he comes home, he sees the beer, he walks in and she's fucking someone else. Maybe multiple people. But the Mormon (laughs) version of that is her having Two beers and a cigarette <laughs> the at the same time. She started to question Mormonism like that day earlier. And then like an hour later, she's doing all the evil things. She's like smoking five cigarettes, heroin needles sticking out of her face, like <laughs> Hellraiser, blowing lines of espresso off a Lamanite's dick when he walks in. It's the best. Also, Budweiser, it starts pretty close to water. Utah Budweiser is like, basically homeopathic right so like this is nothing there's not even nothing's happening and again this movie gets so close to being like hey turns out marrying someone you don't know at all is a bad idea who'd have thought but then instead it's just like i don't know what was wrong with me just couldn't keep her at home yeah right (laughs) couldn't keep her away from the cigarettes um (laughs) it's like a saved by the bell episode it really is So, okay, so now we cut to him as like a 20-something divorcee at church, and he's like hilariously surrounded by children. Why? Why did he go sit in the thing around a bunch of fight? Did they seat it like American Airlines? (laughs) Like Thanksgiving. (laughs) He's got to be at the kids' table because he's not married yet. (laughs) Anyone else picturing Heath just bullying his younger cousins out of the mashed potatoes? (laughs) Move, Kyle. (laughs) Kyle. I said, when I'm done with the yams, you can have them. Learn to drive, dick. Get bigger and stronger. <laughs> they even make a goddamn polygamy joke here, right? Because he's like, yes. you know, they, they say our ancestors were able to handle four or five wives and I can't even take care of one. And I'm like, ancestors? Really? Like, oh, way back. You, like, you mean grandpa and first first cousin. Dad, no. yes. Some of us mean dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then he throws out the um the frog in the boiling pot analogy, which isn't true. That's not how that works. But no, nope. it's not. They'll just jump out when the water gets hot enough. Yeah, right. Like because it'll be boiling and uh, they'd otherwise die. But for some reason, this movie thinks we need a visual aid here. Yes, they have like a <laughs> they have a shrinky dink that they threw into a pot on the stove, and they're like, "This will help." This will, which means that there was a test audience where they were like, you know, the frog in the pot story, and someone was like, the "Frog tries marijuana for the first time." And then it dies with an no, you know what? We'll um, play that out on screen. <laughs> we do need this movie to be unbearably long so let's make sure we put this out there yeah right <laughs> he goes and they say that committing sin works the same way as the boiling frog analogy apocryphally i, I mean wait <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is where we get his sin montage and it starts yeah. out slow with <gasps> soda soda yes <laughs> and a, and a slow-mo evil shot of him grabbing grabbing a six pack of iced tea yeah iced tea like might as well get like that photo negative pop scare of a snapple for a second <laughs> so stupid 
But then he gets into the hardcore stuff. Of course, yeah, I am Yeah, Soda talking. was just a stepping stone. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about watching R-rated movies. <laughs> oh, plus, plus Newsies uncut. Yeah, well, because that was, that was a punchline. That's basically child porn. And then... Oh, they should just be like punchline. <laughs> At one point, they do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, uh, if there's an NC-17 director's cut of Newsies, though, I... <laughs> mm, I have something very similar. I will send it to you. R? No. no. <laughs> Are so, you an onion? <laughs> so, all right. So then he becomes a stand-up comedian. Or at least that's what he says. Yeah, that's what he says. We see him. He becomes a stand-up observer. You know, it's, it's just like, have you ever noticed that there's a little arrow in the FedEx symbol? That's that's weird. I just oh. like because it's been there the whole time and I just didn't see it until someone said something. Oh, it, did anyone else feel like at certain points in this movie that you had died and gone to hell and all your least favorite things were being presented to you in the form of this movie? Just like oh bad, clean, observational stand-up comedy. Honestly, if you'd been followed by my ex just like holding up fingers very close together and being like, seriously, it's this big. <laughs> my dad pulls himself out of a grave. Oh, I saw you got a bunch of retweets. Glad I sent you to NYU. I'm just like, oh, okay. Where's Robert Loja? Get out here, Robert. <laughs> And then we get the the little montage of like the Mormons keep showing up and trying to get him to go back to church thing. And again, I was going to write a joke in my notes about how this is all a psyop, but he points that out and then is like, but it's a pretty adorable one when you think about it, right? Yeah. He's not like, he's like, yeah, I mean, technically they actually organize these activities just to bring them in. And then they begin a process of shunning so that the shame reward cycle scares you back into the church. <laughs> That's just the wacky things that we do. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> it would be like if I was making a Jewish movie and there's just a guy putting his mouth on a bloody baby dick. And I was like, Judaism. You can't get out in front of that. <laughs> Trust me, we've tried. Yeah, right. Punchline. This is a punchline. <laughs> All right. And then late one night after his set was over, he broke the fourth fucking wall some more. <gasps> this is a Woody Allen quote, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. This movie is made in the 90s, but he just turns and he's like, Woody Allen once wrote, Artists are allowed to create their own moral universes. And all of our notes are, you. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen said something about morality. I'm going to be exactly like him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Too bad I don't have an amazing moral guide like Joe Smith anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to be abusive to women. What? Oh, and speaking of women, uh, this is also where we meet the bartender that would very <gasps> much like to have sex with him throughout this movie. Mm, mm. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. So there is one problem that I should point out with this film. And uh, regular listeners, you know, we like to poke some fun at the physical appearance of the main characters of the films we watch. But um, everyone in this film, or at least almost everyone in this film, is a beautiful, beautiful, shining statue of humanity. So you're going to have to wait till we get to the side characters for that, because this bartender's hot and the main character's hot. I said it, okay? I said yeah, it. Yeah, the love interest is smoking <laughs> hot. Everybody in this goddamn movie is hot. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, she wants to have sex with him and then he leaves. Right after telling us about how immoral he is, I'm just like, dude, you suck at sinning. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to meet his friends and also his shirts. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they say nothing about this. And no. the whole time I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Somebody needs to address the silver shirt he is wearing. He's yes. wearing a bright, shiny, made of metal silver shirt. It's crazy. Yeah, right. No, it's a suit of armor pared down. <laughs> like so You're doing comedy at the ice capades? What's that? <laughs> the opening act for a robot street performer first? What, somebody say something. Yeah, but apparently they're used to him dressing in aluminum foil because his friends just show up and say, hey, man, can you give us a ride to the Mormon party? At the steak center? Is yeah, that what, what they said? Because the whole time I was like, okay, well, there needs to be steak now. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> nope, nope. But he tells us, by breaking the fourth wall again, that these are his non-pushy Mormon friends. They're pretty cool. They accept him just as as he is. Which is an interesting observation, seeing as how, like, through the rest of the movie, they'll be trying to talk him into going to church with them. They, in fact, right? literally never do anything except try to convince him to go <laughs> yes. to church with them. I would like to know what the pushy Mormons are like. Because yeah, right. We get the example of the pushy Mormons at the beginning, and they're just these friends, but in a group. Is it is he like scared of more than four people? What is the day? I don't know. By the way, we learned that they need to borrow his car because their wacky roommate threw his car out of a plane. And if you're wondering, hey, are we going to spend somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes on those shenanigans? Oh, yeah. Major theme of the movie. Without ever explaining why this person would have a plane to push a car out. Yeah, uh-huh. That will never stop being funny in the minds of these writers. Whenever they feel like it's late starting to tone down again, they're going to bring up that guy throwing a car out of a plane again. So he does decide to drive him to the party. He's got a gig, but he's going to drop him off on the way. And along the way, they're sharing, do you know who's a Mormon rumors? And let's just say I identified with this because I absolutely do this with other atheists. I'm like, yeah, no, Emma Stone. She said, so. she said, no, Google it. Yeah. Google it. <laughs> Wait, really? The, Emma Stone? The, Dr. Who guy said it. Dr. Who guy said it. Kira Knightley. Google it. Kira Knightley. She's, Kira Knightley. She's hot. Johnny Depp. Um, well, we don't want him anymore, but Johnny Depp. <laughs> but yeah. 2015. But yeah. It's, it's like cats. He was an atheist have... then too. <laughs> Woody Allen. You know what? I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's just... Paul Pot. Oh, fuck. fuck, fuck. He's no, a Jew. No. He's a Jew. Jew. So, okay. <laughs> so now we have a, a, a but that, that leads right into the like um, montage of car riding fun with Mormons, right? Because literally everything that happens in this movie has to happen as part of a montage. Oh, absolutely. There is nothing they will not illustrate through montage in this movie. All right, so we, we get to the party and his pager goes off. Yes, his pager. <laughs> probably said 505. It's SOS. Yeah, no, it is. It is. And well, it probably said 303. That's That's mom if you have to turn it sideways. And and then we we see a, a Mormon dance party, yeah, which is exactly what you picture 
when I say Mormon dance party. Oh, I mean, I've never great. been to a Mormon dance party, but I feel like they nailed this. It looks oh. like a dance class taught by me and Eli. <laughs> yes. it's, the, it's the only dance floor in history that wouldn't magically screech to a halt and look at me the moment I try to start dancing. Yeah, it's right. Exactly. I would have fit right in. And again, like, that's the insidious propaganda of this movie is like as much as Heath and I joke about like avocado toast and beautiful women and happy families like that's part of this movie's hook is like, oh, I guess we are pretty silly with all the fun activities we have to ensure that you'll get married, Eli. All the fun activities. You know, I mean, avocado toast, like it was good. I remember it, but like they... We have avocados and, and bread and heat like everywhere. <laughs> just, just, you know. Okay. Well, not not in Spanish Harlem, okay? Some of us are in a food <laughs> desert. So unless I want to try and figure out what the Spanish word for avocado is. <laughs> it's, it's is it lawyer, I believe. Is it is it is it guacamole? You guys have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to tell you anything. All right, so so Jonathan, that's the main character's name that we're just getting around to telling you. Jonathan um, just got a page that his gig got canceled. It was for a fireman's troop. And damn it, if somebody didn't drop a car out of a plane and then the fireman had to go to work. <laughs> the car tied right in. It's it to tie in. It's just like, it's a comedy. It's seamless. Oh. It's seamless. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a great episode of Seinfeld. And then his, his car wouldn't start. Um, and I just want to point out, like, that doesn't fucking happen anymore, right? Like, that made sense as a movie vehicle in 1953. Not in the goddamn 2000s. My car has never not fucking started. Okay, let's not. It's That was named. Yeah, name. check your privilege, Noah. <laughs> Some of us have cars that set on fire or were stolen by their moms. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then he calls somebody to come pick up his car, and that person doesn't even speak English. Ah, all those Spanish speakers in Utah, what can yeah, you say? <laughs> right. But anyway, so through a wacky series of comic overplayed cliches, he's stuck at this lame Mormon party. Right. And there's this weird moment where he breaks the fourth wall here, and he's like, People seem to be afraid to get divorced in Mormonism because being single is terrible. And I wrote, that's not Mormonism, buddy. That's the world. Yeah, right. Um, okay. And then, okay. <laughs> and then to demonstrate like how d dorky this party is, we cut over to nerds having nerd conversation as written by non-nerds, right? Because they're, they're arguing about whether the Enterprise could outrun the Millennium Falcon. A fucking course it could. The fucking Falcon taps out at one and a half times the speed of light. The Enterprise warps fucking space. Its max velocity is 0.73 light years an hour. Real nerds would never bother with that dumbass conversation. So, you know, like, just find a fucking nerd. How hard is it? I wanted a real nerd fight where it's just like, do women belong in movies at all? No. I also think no. You want to harass this lady off Instagram together? Yes, I would love that. Thank you. You want to run a van into an area in Canada? Great. Let's do that. All right. So and then he's sitting on the couch and suddenly another beautiful woman would like to dance with him because all the women in this movie exist in relation to his penis. 
And he says not yes. If this actress walked into this room <laughs> right now and asked me to meet her at the bottom of the ocean, I would be, you would no longer, I would have drowned. I'd be a drowned person. There is no <laughs> place that this woman couldn't be like, hey, do you want to dance blank? That I wouldn't be like, uh-huh. See you there. I can yeah. use a snorkel out of this garden hose. I'll be fine. <laughs> no man's land sounds romantic. Yeah. Okay. Also, quick question about this part of the movie. I think maybe my copy had like an edit that went went wrong and there was a broken minute from some other movie. Did you guys have a guy weeping into a magazine (laughs) for about 60 seconds for no reason who was never in the movie that we watched besides this? I I feel like that's an inside joke, right? Like, so like we need to know who that guy is and what that magazine is and then it makes sense. Yep, maybe it's a book. <sighs> it's a Mormon book, sad book. And here's the thing. I had a Mormon who I was like messaging throughout watching this to be like, what's this mean? What's this mean? At this point, I'd given up. And he was just like, how's the movie going? And I was like, bad. I don't have any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then, OK, so so then we cut back to the Mormon party and we get this montage of Mormon opening lines. Ooh, ooh, I want to play. I want to play. What? <laughs> Say, are you a mayonnaise sandwich? Because I find you white and delightsome. Girl, the first time I saw you, I was struck dead for three days. Excuse me, but do you have a Leahona? I just got lost in your eyes. I mean, those are better, though, right? Better than because there's, well, there's some sexual harassment there, but not physically. Oh, God. (laughs) And and this way, by the way, this all ends with the guy going like, you know, he's flirting up with this girl and she's going, by the way, I'm just in high school. And he's like, oh, that's that's fine. We're Mormons. That's <sighs> again, th- that moment happens in comedies, right? The <laughs> I'm a high schooler. I'm here with my sister. And then the character is supposed to go, whoa, not high schoolers. And he's just like, cool. Cool. <laughs> he is. I'm starting up he's an like- atheist <laughs> podcast with my buddy. You can call me here. You're- you're a lot older than my sister's mom. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, and then we cut back to Jonathan and and the hot chick. She's talked him into dancing with her. Now she will be the love interest. She will also be the lady that called him earlier to ask him to do his comedy for free that he sexually harassed. What? Quite, quite the comedic premise that has been established here <laughs> is pretty good. That's pretty awkward, right? Right? Oh, yeah. No, right? it was. And I mean. Who hasn't been there trying to date a girl that you sexually harassed over the phone? Am I right? <sighs> oh, we've all been there. Too many of us have God, been there. so stupid. And, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he realizes this and uh, she's like, oh, what's your name? And he covers this horribly awkward situation by, by giving a fake name, stumbly sitcom style. He's like, my name's John, 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 John. Your name's John John? Yes. Yeah. 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 John. Right. Right. No, his real name is Jonathan. The name he made up was John. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, also, this is where they found a black guy. Yeah. And they and they like point that out. They like really highlight that. They're like, look, a black guy. They've got Vanna White gesturing at him. <laughs> <while he's reading laughs> <his line. laughs> also, this is the part where the one guy goes like, uh, 
they have this this little joke where the guy goes, oh, she wants to dance with me constantly. And his friend goes, what's wrong with that? And he goes, she looks like Johnny Lingo's wife before the eight cows. And I wrote, oh, my God, I get that joke. Somebody kill me now. <laughs> what happened to my life? <laughs> Wasn't she, like, just attractive the whole time? Yeah. She, like, they, she just had, like, ethnic hair at the beginning. Right. And that's enough to be a punchline for an ugly joke in the world of Mormonism. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the fucked up thing is that they make the Johnny Lingo joke. And we're all like, no, you're getting that wrong. You're fucking that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me set you straight on the Johnny Lingo jokes here, yes. guys. <laughs> and then we cut to the kitchen to fail the Bechdel test some more. I mean, like I, the Bechdel test is that there's got to be a scene in the movie where two women appear and don't talk about a man. This does. The, you could go to sentence and still fail on this one. Yeah. <laughs> there is no Bechdel second in this movie. No, no. All right. So and so Cammy goes into the kitchen and. Her friends tell her that, no, no, that's actually the Jonathan that was rude to her on the phone. Uh-oh, he's caught. <laughs> Followed by a 1950s cartoon sound effect oh, for at this fuck's point. sake. Like Elmer Fudd just noticed something just off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Oh, and we should point out that one of these two friends, like her sole characteristic will be that every time we see her, she's describing how awesome her husband is going to be in the future. That'll yeah. pay off. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to marry somebody who's six foot four, six percent body fat, 240 pounds. And like, I was like, oh, man, I was doing so well for a second. <laughs> six, four, 240. I got you six. Oh, yes. counter offer. Six, four, two, ten, thirty six percent body fat. That's kind of get the other 30 in a different stat. It evens out. It's a square root. It's it's fine. But I'll, so, I'll order tapas with you. If you'd like, you can go get some tapas. That guy's not going to get tapas. All right. So now we've got the like incredibly lazy conflict between the love interest. So now we have the bit where he wants to apologize and explain himself, but damn it. If there's not a jello related emergency somewhere. Yeah. So again, it's just the laziest writing humanly possible. She's supposed to be a nurse's aide. So a girl has fallen and hit her head on some jello. And even though she's supposed to be a nurse's aide, she doesn't know that it's not her ankle. Even after the girl's like, no, it's my, it's my eye. She's like, uh-huh. You're really just a vehicle for me to snipely fight with him, okay? Just sit there for a second. <laughs> Don't get so specific. Well, and it's like it's like they know that like slapstick involves people falling down. They just don't know it has to happen on camera. <laughs> right? And now it's time for the big announcement, guys. Somebody else got engaged after knowing each other for a week. That's what they say. They're like, you know, these two met at this dance last week, and today they got engaged. <laughs> Sam and Mary met during the last song, and yeah. she just gave birth to Octopolis. <laughs> <laughs> and then we should also point out, too, that there's one character in this movie. I don't know anybody's fucking name. They're all weird Mormon names. So I just have this creepy guy. But every time we see him, he'll be like, putting his arm around a girl and she'll be moving it off or whatever. He'll be striking out constantly at some point. I'm sure that like he'll be roofing some girl and we'll tee he about that. Oh, Mormon Dwight Schrute. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest. I was hoping for a karate demo at one point that never <laughs> happened, but he's pretty great. And okay. So now it's the next day he's walking around down the road, talking to us again, breaking the fourth wall. And I'm like, you know, I know you're the narrator, bro, but get a fucking friend or a bartender or a therapist. I'm sick and fucking tired of you. 
But what he's explaining to us is that it was very clear that that girl didn't want to have sex with him, but he's going to not take no for an answer. And he says, on any given night, a comedian stands in front of 200 people. What? I was like, (laughs) yeah, like a world famous comedian. On any given night, a comedian stands in front of four guys two of whom are his friends doing the seven drink minimum required for him to get <laughs> Yeah, so he's going to church. The, the, the love interest, by the way, her name is Cammie because it's fucking Mormonism. Yep, we're going to be taking a character named Cammie very seriously in this movie. Buckle in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, he goes in search of his fucking ancillary street fighter character, but he can't find her because it's been so long since he's been to church that he doesn't even remember how church works, sort of. Ugh. Um. So, okay. So then he winds up in his dorky neighbor's place after that little, I'm sure there were some jokes in there that Mormons might have gotten. Uh, and this is where we meet the tattooed roommate who's not Mormon, right? The, 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 the thing that Mormons think of when you say non-Mormon yeah, I mean, right. it's still white because they're too terrified of a non-white guy to well, even right. imagine yeah. it. But he's yeah. like, he's got a mohawk and tattoos. And orange hair and he drops cars out of fucking airplanes <laughs> like a non-Mormon would do. And basically the whole point of this scene is that his dorky Mormon friend is going to go to a potluck and Cammy's going to be there. So Jonathan can go if he would like to sexually harass her and stalk her some more. Right. And uh, this is where the roommate, see, we find out he's making lasagna and they make a big deal about it because it smells bad. And he's like, yeah, well, I was at a mozzarella and it was Sunday, so I had to improvise. So, OK, what the fuck does that mean? Are there blue laws for cheese <laughs> in Utah? Are there fucking blue cheese laws? Like, that wouldn't surprise oh. me. You'd lost Heath. If that's true, you should know. Yeah, well, right, was, right. You guys, you were so of, close. A lot of my notes were like, I'm moving to Utah. This sounds amazing. But yeah, if there's blue laws about cheese, <laughs> big problem. All right. So, and then, of course, he's he wants to go to the potluck. You got to bring something. So he brings some KFC and pretends he cooked it. All right. Now we cut to the... um identical Mormon activity, right? Like over and over again in this movie, they go to different Mormon things. It's all the same fucking thing. Creepy guy is there being creepy to women again. Um, And then like they sit down to eat and we get like just the punchline of a Mormon joke. <laughs> this is where they basically just say punchline and everyone laughs. laughs. Yeah. I So this I did write my Mormon about. This is a Mormon urban legend encouraging Mormon missionaries to accompany sisters even when they're not supposed to because the urban legend goes that there were some sisters and the guy and they were like they went to Jeffrey Dahmer's house and then later on when they asked why Jeffrey Dahmer didn't kill them it was because of the brothers that were standing behind them what yep wow this is apparently like something they tell all the new male missionaries like make sure you watch out for your little sisters because that's how some of them didn't get murdered by Jeffrey Dahmer. And he was, he was like, oh, no, that's a very common story. Everyone gets told it. And I was like, I don't want to fill my brain with this information. Because <laughs> so, now so I know that now. I'm going to be on my deathbed and my grandchildren are going to be like, Grandpa Eli, what's your wisdom? And I'll be like, you know, the Mormons say that Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> did it. Do you want to know how many sequels there were to Tribulation? It's <laughs> Everything in the movie made me feel like I'm 
I'm in middle school and everybody like invented a new language to exclude me for spite and laughing <laughs> constantly. Oh, and this is where we get, I believe, our first um, athlete celebrity cameo. Who is this person? Is this the guy who walks over and calls someone Oh, fat? right. Yeah, yeah Bishop yeah, this Angel. Is, this is Wally Joyner, known as Brother Angel, because yeah. Wally Joyner's a baseball player who's on the Angels. It's hilarious. He's Mormon. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's for, for an outsider, for this scene is a stranger walks over, says, hey, guys, how you doing? You're fat. And then leaves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, can we point out, like, they know sometimes how jokes get set up, but they don't know how to knock them down. Right. Because we spent the whole last scene with the big, hey, I made lasagna with feta cheese thing or whatever. And then in this scene, they're all eating. And just the black dude turns to the guy who made the lasagna at one point and goes, man, your lasagna isn't very good. And that's it. That's it. We're <laughs> that done is, with uh, the lasagna now. Oh, but we did pass the uh, Blackdale test, I guess, or whatever it is. He had a line about <laughs> not specifically white people. I don't know. Does it well, count? But no, because he says at one point, I'm the only black guy sitting here, right? Yeah. <laughs> It was nice. A lot of this movie's friends are black. Here's here's one now. <laughs> Here he is. And then, oh my God, they do a fist bump and it's so yes! rough. You can see the hate in this black actor's <laughs> eyes. He's like, man, don't do the fist bump. I can see you winding up. You're going to try to do the fist bump. Don't do the fuck. Fuck uh, you. Fine. <laughs> like his one line might as well be like, hey, this is happening after 1978. <laughs> sure is, black guy. Uh, You're a person. Yes, I am. <laughs> right, here's your money. Please. So, <laughs> all right, so then Jonathan runs into Cammy, and she's not impressed. She can tell he just bought KFC. Right, and this is where she gives him a talking to. She says, you say whatever you want, and then if it doesn't work, you say you were just kidding. And I wrote in my notes, this movie predicted Twitter. Well, I mean, that's how that phrase works. Though, it is. Right. It is. Also, most of Eli's sentences in real life and Twitter. Apparently. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. All right. <laughs> so now he's at the mechanic um, because this entire movie is just whatever the writer was doing that day ends up being the scene. Right. Oh, and the mechanic's tall. It's classic. Yeah, Classic. it's Sean Bradley, by the way. This is another not particularly notable athlete who happens to be a Mormon. He was in the NBA and he was tall, he's a tall guy. That's Again, okay. And if you weren't aware of this, he was just a guy being like, I can have your car fixed soon. And he was like, great. That sounds fantastic. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> you seem to be exceptionally tall. Spraying myself with water. Ugh, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Also, like his buddy went to the mechanic with him. That's fucking weird. You, you don't you have you bring along or you bring a friend. It's like um, women in the bathroom, guys in the mechanic. We'll OK, yeah. All right. Um, And this is where they make the Mormons, Mormon cops joke. Right. They're like, oh, that reality cop show. The fuzz is coming to Salt Lake City. And they're like, huh. Mormon cops. What would that be like? What would that be like? Which is a what great doodly do setup. It's but a great doodly. Yeah, they are what? not pointing their guns at a black guy who's just trying to do his shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted like CSI SLC and it's just like Walter White making lattes in a giant meth lab or something like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, but instead all we get is cops going, hey, put down that casserole and step away from the minivan. Get it? Because they're Mormons, they have minivans and they eat casseroles. I just, I put in my nose, I'm like, wow, 
They went all the way to outside to film that. <laughs> was it worth it? <laughs> so, okay, now with nothing done, apparently, we cut back to his apartment and the bartender from before, the smoking hot bartender calls him and she's like, hey, would you like to get together and maybe have some sex? And he's like, oh, you are billed ninth. Mm, ninth. Sorry, I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, sloppy seconds? Do you want some sloppy? <laughs> won't even need lube because it'll be wet. <laughs> Who am I kidding? It won't be wet. But <laughs> you can have that. But just as he's getting propositioned by an incredibly hot chick that wants to have sex with him, Mormons put a paper in his door and he decides to do that thing instead. So here's the thing I don't understand. What is a singles ward? Is it a dorm room or a jail? It's why does he still live in one? Are they apartments set aside for Mormons? Here's the problem. I asked this on Facebook and you all motherfuckers got weird and mysterious. You all put up your fucking flowered fans and you were like, oh, uh, what, what is it? <laughs> I Googled it. It was like, it's a living center for Mormon youths that can sometimes be transitioned into a Hoobastank concert. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> is it dorms? I think it is. I think like they put all the single Mormons together, like in the lobster. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> what? Yeah. But but instead of going out with the girl that's very clearly interested in him, he's going to go bother the girl that has made it clear every time he's seen him that she would not like to be bothered by him anymore. The message of this movie really is keep going, stalker. You'll break her eventually. Yeah, stalk women. <laughs> stalk women is the message of this movie. And look, I know that all romantic comedies have an aspect, certainly from this time, have an aspect of like, keep stalking her, tiger. But like, this is actually a huge problem in Mormonism that a lot of our ex-Mormon listeners pointed out when we were doing this movie. Because you believe that like, you knew them in the yeah. pre-existence. Mm -hmm. Guys, do not take no for an answer and follow them like, even after police reports have been filed. And then of course, the community's like, why are you being such a bitch about getting stuck? Maybe you did right. know him in the pre-existence. Right, right. Well, I mean, aren't they the ones fucking circulating a story that if you don't follow the women around and annoy them, Jeffrey Dahmer's going to eat them? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not exactly discouraging this behavior. All right, so now we go to family night at Mormonism, the thing he chose over having sex with a hot bartender chick. Yeah, and the first line we get is the, the preacher guy being talking about Moron, the son of Nimrod from the Book of Mormon, and mm -hmm. nobody laughs at Moron, son of Nimrod, like, really, like, moving on from Nimrod, farts was the son of <laughs> that guy falling down. Like, come on. <laughs> but again, this is one of those, like, self-aware moments where, like, yeah, we get our thing is stupid, but we still, we still believe in it for some reason, though. And this is where we get the comedy spilling the urn moment. But it's so meta. He turns to the guy next to him and he goes, hey, have you ever seen that movie Meet the Parents? Do you remember when they did this scene, but like better than us? Like not, <laughs> not well, because that movie's actually pretty sloppy and like it sort of relies on the fact that like, oh, look, it's Robert De Niro, but like it was okay. And now we're going to do it way worse. And he was like, yeah, let's do it way worse. <laughs> yeah, right. No. And, and in order to get here, we have to just accept that this guy's in the habit of picking up cremation urns and juggling them. It's like if our podcast was just, you guys like, how did this get made? <laughs> that's, that's Jason Manzoukas. He's what a character. 
He's a character. Uh, and now <laughs> we get another athlete that Eli didn't recognize. I, on the other hand, was about to goddamn hang myself. It was Steve fucking Young. Steve Young, as it turns out, Steve Young, who, if in case you're not aware, is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, only person ever to post eight seasons with a uh, quarterback rating over 100, highest quarterback rating of any quarterback ever, fucking Hall of Famer, great, great, great grandson of Brigham Young. I had no fucking idea. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> one of my childhood heroes here. Oh. He's brother... Niner. <laughs> he and his brother. Because he's, he's a 49er. <laughs> brother Remember Niner. Brother Angel? He's drafted by the Bucks, though. So funny. Real lazy. <laughs> by the way, he says a quote here that, that Brigham Young said that if you're 25 and unmarried, you're a menace to society. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> what the fun fuck? joke? Nope. That's a, that statement's probably apocryphal, but it gets repeated as a real thing all the time. And it's definitely something that an apostle said. So, like, this is not a fun, like, Mormons are making jokes. This is like, no, 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 this is something we actually believe. I mean, you've all heard <laughs> this, right? So the Mormons watching would be like, I know we're a menace to society if you don't get married before you get a gray hair. <laughs> now I want to see these guys who made this movie do a remake of Menace to Society. Yeah. <laughs> Just me sitting by myself in a loft getting side-tackled by a Mormon cop. <laughs> Looking stupid. I want to see the transition at age 25 that they think happens, too. Just like a single guy, he's 24, he turns 25, he just morphs into an African-American werewolf all of a sudden. Like, what <laughs> Also, I love the way they open this scene up because they like they, they first say, and, and now Brother Niner will reiterate some of the words of Brigham Young. And I so wanted him to stand up and be like, people live on the sun. There are some <laughs> people. Now kill that Indian. Kill more Indians. Right? Because that's what he's more known for. But no, they go with the apocryphal thing. It's this weird thing of them, like, just totally not acknowledging their genocidal history, right? Like, again, I grew up Jewish, but Jews aren't just like, and now, as Meyer Kahani said, they're not worth a fingernail. Do not, do not. You just take that history and you bury it and you stop talking about those people entirely. <laughs> and okay so jonathan goes to annoy cammy some more and while he's annoying her the bishop shows up and he's like uh hey you're a comedian you should be in our talent show and i'm like no he's a grown-up <laughs> it's like that's a kid they don't have for grown-ups they don't have talent shows okay speak for yourself noah some of us have been waiting for someone to ask <laughs> them to be part of the talent show since they developed a very specific hobby at the age of 20 i would crush a talent show right now that's all i'm saying hey so would i but i'm not gonna because but i'm not a fucking kid so i'm not gonna go to one anyway but no but what so if there he, were prices he's gonna <laughs> So he's going to sign up. She's got a sign up sheet for like, if you'd like to come to the health hospital and sexually harass me, here's the sign up sheet. And he's like, ooh, ooh, me. <laughs> so he goes to sign up for that. And then we cut to a, a, a woman on the phone. So she's talking about a man because it's this movie. This is the woman with the too high of standards for a husband. Teehee. Ah, I came back. And, and, and I hope you're ready because we're about to get a him. Hanging out with old people montage. And old people <laughs> are the punchline. Like the, the oldness of the person is the punchline. 
in every scene of this montage. Okay, I do want to wa- talk about one person, though. The woman he's helping with a piano music. Oh, with a hunchbacked lady? That woman was broken in half, right? <laughs> what the fuck happened to that human? Time doesn't do that. Yeah, time does does do that sometimes. She was Peach. a perfect right angle. She was a T-square. Yeah. yeah, she was. She was. She's an inconvenient shape to get in Tetris. Like, if that lady shows up, <laughs> you're like, oh, really, I can't get line, old person? Yeah. I need so, a second one now. I'll put her under. I have to do the thing where you get really fast under. Oh, it. Gotta, gotta, click, click, click. <laughs> All right. So and then, of course, while he's playing with the old people like one would play with puppies, uh, one of the nurses turns to Cammy and says, boy, he sure is great. I wonder who wouldn't be in love with that guy, huh? <sighs> All right. And now we cut to one of the weirdest goddamn moments in the movie because they're like what we see is three guys looking at something as though it's porn. And automatically, you know that it's going to be, oh, that's not porn. That's going to be the joke. But it takes forever for them to clue you in on what they are watching. Yeah, it's for me, it's cycled back, too. I was like, are they staring at a dick? No, nah, it's going to be a joke. Are, no, I think they're staring at a dick. It seems <laughs> like they're staring at a dick. And then one of them's like, I had to wait until my dad got home for this. And I was like, well, are they going to? Are they about to get the talk from a male stripper? What the fuck is happening? And they string it out so far. Now it's a dick, right? But but we learned that he got his missionary papers and he's been assigned to be a missionary in Boise, Idaho. And and by he, by the way, we're talking about one of the random friends, the one yeah. of the Mormon friends Doesn't of his. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I've got him down as Boise for the rest of the fucking uh, <laughs> notes. But yeah, and they do this whole thing where they're like, apparently, if you live in Utah, Idaho's the only state you can make fun of, right? Like, that's the only <laughs> one that seems even to you like a step down. So they're like, oh, wow, you're going to Idaho. Sounds great, <laughs> man. Just rescuing little refugee kids with measles, sneaking around <laughs> the state. I feel like there's, there's, there's some missionary work to be done. Actually, there. yeah, probably. Gonna get you a shot, son. Gonna get you a shot. <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Was he hoping for sub-Saharan Africa? Like, what is the goal when you're a missionary? Uh, uh, it's uh, it's Orlando, isn't it? He's yeah, then the missionaries to Orlando. I believe Orlando. We, we, it's uh, from yeah. We saw the we saw the we saw the play. So. But yeah, yeah, he's but the thing is, is the way this joke works is that they're all like, oh, Boise, that's great, man. And then they all rush off and then he gets really excited because he's actually happy to go to Boise. So this joke double doesn't make any fucking sense. And then we have the weird bit where Cammie accidentally locks herself out of her apartment while she's doing her laundry and then gets Mm. the cops called on her. And and again, (laughs) this comedy bit is non-existent. All you need to know is that there are so many moments in this movie where they put 10, 20 minutes of time into like, ah, it's a misunderstanding (laughs) (laughs) as a movie. Right. No, it's like they were just they just had a book of comedy concepts sitting next to him and didn't realize you had to fill in details. Yeah, they, they would run out of plot and he'd be like, all right, Dave, let's throw in another one. 
caught by the cops trying to get into her own apartment. I don't know, guys. It might be a bit much, but let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, it just so happens that that throwaway line earlier about how the cops thing was coming to Salt Lake City, they're going to arrest her on the TV show. What? Hilarious. So embarrassing. And if that's not bad enough, the cops are... Your funny friend trying to make an 11-year-old laugh. No. (laughs) No. Wanted them to cut to Henry Louis Gates, just giving a lecture at Harvard, getting side tackled. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) I wasn't. Oh, sorry. Somebody matching your description got reported in Utah. (laughs) So, it's a misunderstanding. Go have a beer with Donald Trump. (laughs) And then Jonathan comes to the rescue. He says, no, no, I know her. She lives here. And the cops are like, oh, okay. Well, then I guess this scene, nothing has happened at all, huh? Really? There is this weird moment, though, where the officer finds this white powder in her laundry basket. And he puts it in his mouth like the cocaine test. And I just wrote, (laughs) that's right. This movie invented the Tide Pod Challenge. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? He snaps the heel from her shoe. There's like a K cup inside, a little <laughs> syringe. All right. And so now we randomly move to a scene in which Jonathan and Boise are shopping. Boise wants a new camera for his mission. And Jonathan needs a big TV so that we can have big TV jokes for the rest of the fucking movie. This movie is like watching <laughs> the inside of Jerry Seinfeld's trash can. <laughs> well, what's the deal with how many channels there are? No, this is bullshit. I'm going to go join the cult. I don't need that shit. I hit my wife. So Yeah, they don't know how a comedy premise works. They think it's just name a thing. Yeah. And that's it. Like, okay, guys, guys, great idea for a comedy moment here. You know uh, TV salesman? Yeah. No, I was done. Put it in the movie. Put it in the movie. Gold. Yeah. No, TV salesman sure is humorously idiosyncratic, isn't he? Though he has weird idioms and whatnot. So that stuff about like TVs and. Okay, no, I was, I was <laughs> just, dude, I feel like you guys. I thought you guys were going to take off with the idea. I'm like the big ideas, man. And you guys fill in the details. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very, but that's very the, similar to our writing process, actually. Yes. <laughs> well, but that moment never happened in their writer's room, though, right? Because when the guy says, yeah, we can talk about TVs, they're like, got it. Definitely. That's nine minutes. Gold. Oh. <laughs> so he brings this giant TV home that is a big cabinet TV pre uh, flat screen. So it looks funny. And wouldn't you know it, the remote is comically large and difficult to figure out. Classic. They, they they seem to think the remote has to get bigger in scale with the size of the yeah, TV screen. Why would that be the case? I have no idea what the fuck they were thinking. Okay, keep up, guys, keep up. So that morning, someone left a bunch of helium balloons tied to Jonathan's door before he went shopping. Now his friends find those balloons and decide to huff all the helium. And oh my God, this is when I realized this is the pot smoking montage in other movies. Yes. Yes. This is Mormon for getting high. They all huff helium and talk in funny voices. We need to make fear and loathing in Salt Lake City. This is is a helium bender. We need need a fear and loathing in SLC. 
just in a hotel fun. room holding hands with two girls at the same time. <laughs> All right, spinning bed. As if this, <laughs> as if this scene wasn't already weird enough. It turns out that inside those balloons, there were puzzle pieces that, when assembled, are a girl asking Jonathan to like a Mormon Sadie Hawkins dance. Yep, preference. So preference. I, I asked my I asked my resident Mormon, and apparently Mormons cannot ask each other out without everything being those annoying viral videos of promposals. This is what Mormons dedicate <laughs> oh. 98% of their lives to is fucking puzzle pieces and balloons and Oreos on her car and fucking oh. magnets and just, just fuck. This is what happens when you don't fuck. <laughs> if you know it doesn't... The reason why I ask, hey, you want to go out and then maybe fuck is because I'm hoping to get to the fucking. But if you know there's no fucking, you're like, answer my riddles three, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's seen as a positive, but that's yeah, terrifying. Like they're all explaining, like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta go out with this person," because, like, you know, they went through the trouble of inviting you with puzzle pieces, like a fucking serial killer. <laughs> so, like, right. but, pro tip: don't accept invitations when the words are cut out from all different magazines, like a fucking <laughs> ransom note. Maybe don't. Maybe say no. Maybe that's a reason not to. I would say, but. He doesn't know who's asked him out. It might be Cammy, so he has to go because she's second build. So he goes into the mystery date to the to the food court, right? Yeah. Like that's that's where we are, right? And this is where he turns to the camera again, and he's like, "The thing about Mormon dating is that it's just also wacky and silly, and they do all these things, but it's actually really unhealthy." And this is where I was just like, "Look, you can't call yourself out in a movie, but then not fix it, right?" Or yeah. if it is, then I want all forms of entertainment to be able to get away with this, including us. Welcome back to the long tail marketing aimed at victims of religious abuse. I'm an adult. I'm a slightly quieter adult. I pretend not to be, but I'm actually very similar to both of them in age. We <laughs> are. I wrote this. It's scripted. Every word is scripted. Okay, fellas, are you ready to grab what corner of this dying medium we can? If I think too long about this ending, I'll have a panic attack. My retirement is my mom dying. And now, a sketch with one of the two voices we do. Improvisation. 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 We All do right. It with improvisation. Oh, <laughs> do you do that? That is. <laughs> All right. So then the woman who who asked him out shows up, and she's not good at womaning. I guess I I don't under, I don't understand what is wrong. She's a perfectly attractive Beautiful. woman that seems really into him, giving him positive attention. Like this is a problem that beautiful women constantly. Giving him attention. Like, what? Yeah. I don't Like, are, does anybody have a, a nice loft in Salt Lake City? <laughs> and again, we just need to emphasize this movie hates women oh. so much. So much. Guy you're talking to at a bar who drops the C word in description of one of his exes. So you need to pretend to get a cell phone call level so much. Yeah. 
All right. So he goes to this party with the bad date. And by the way, in this in this scene, he's wearing a goofy looking tie that she brought him that matches her dress. And all of a sudden, the friends that are have nothing at all to say about his aluminum foil shirt earlier are making fun of him with the tie. How do you know what to make fun of in that guy's wardrobe? How do you know what's not on purpose? And P.S. There's a Mormon ska in the background. I did not know how to deal with it. <laughs> Lamanites. Amalekites. Yeah, right. It was it was very weird. So, okay, and oh, we have the little like, I guess this is another Teehee Mormon joke. They show somebody spiking the punch with Mountain Dew. Because what? we're perpetually infantilized as human beings. It's it's really sad. Dropping no dose pills like roofies into drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the dance wraps up. But then everybody wants to get together and come to his house and watch his big new TV because they've got a DVD copy of Saturday's Warrior. God, I hate that I got that. Yeah, right. (laughs) I've seen that one. I'm pretty sure we own Saturday's Warrior on DVD. We do. One of us. Didn't we get one? Yep. Yep. Yes, we did. We got one in Salt Lake City, actually. Um, okay, so everybody shows up to his uh, to his place to watch TV, and he doesn't really want them there, but he got talked into it. And even Cammy's there with her date, so that's super awkward. And then a guy gets up and he's like, "Hey guys, sorry, we don't. Somebody borrowed Saturday's Warrior. We don't have that, so everybody pulls out their machetes and shit, like ready to run themselves <laughs> through and everything." He says, "But we do have drum roll." God's army. I'm like, fuck, I've seen that too. <laughs> not only have we seen that, but like, that's not a party movie by any stretch of the imagination. No. Like, that was the movie when we did the last Mormon movie month where we were like, everyone okay? We love you. <laughs> no, don't hurt yourselves. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Come get a hug. Come get a hug. And they're going to watch it like party fair. Question about God's Army. Uh, I think I missed that week. Was there a scene in God's Army with a guy shitting? Did you watch a guy yeah, shitting it, in that yeah. movie? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, Gra- no. Like graphically? No, no. There's a scene where like... <laughs> like a Blumpkin cam? <laughs> like what the fuck? Heath, what do you think happened in that movie that you missed? Ooh, Based ooh, on the one yeah. I didn't miss, there was a guy with a Blumpkin cam and we were watching him shit from the perspective of a toilet. That's totally how God's Army went. Right, Eli? Yep, Isn't that totally how it that's went? That's what happened. Yep, that's yep. how it went. All right, but the, yeah, in the movie... <laughs> no, I want to go on. <laughs> oh, no, what will you do? Yeah, but like, okay, so within this movie, though, all the people at the party start arguing about whether God's army is too controversial for them to watch because of the part where they take the picture of the guy when he's in the bathroom. That's what's at, like, people are leaving the party over this. By the way, uh, <laughs> I Googled it, and yes, this was a huge scandal, including a temporary ban from BYU. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, and then, of course, we got to watch Mormon Dwight Schrute strike out a few more times. But then the other dorky guy falls in love with a girl, but she's dorky, too, because she needed dental work, which is dorky yeah. and unattractive, apparently. Yeah. And they do the, like, slow moving their hands nearer and nearer to each other thing. Like, you, and you touch pink. Like, it escalated so fast, though, because it's supposed to be, like, slow move, slow move, pinky touch handhold but then it's like fisting all of a sudden they're like <laughs> going crazy but the mouth brace thing is, is underrated i would say i, I like i like it's the, pretty hot actually yeah. she 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 wore it well yeah. carried it nicely yep 
All right. So then Jonathan's, there's not enough to drink. So Jonathan's got to go into his kitchen and make uh, Kool-Aid, literally make Kool-Aid for his grown up friends that are at his place. <laughs> Such a weird fucking religion. Oh. Um, and Cammy comes in there to help, but he doesn't want her help. Damn it. They're fighting and arguing because it's still act two. But then they start kissing. <laughs> Fucking what? Yes, they just yeah. They're we we leave them. They're arguing, and then somebody comes in and they're making out. It's a Kool Aid fight, and it becomes wildly sexual before they even kiss. <laughs> right? They're like she's like, I'll help with the spill. Stop! I'm helping with the spill. No, you're not. And their faces are getting closer and closer. Don't help! I'm wringing out the towel. Drink the trickle. Drink the trickle. <laughs> and then they're kissing. <laughs> Violently sexual. <laughs> All right. Well, that now that the movie's apparently gotten bored with its plot and decided to be a different movie where these two like each other, I guess we need a break to catch up. But first, let me give Act Three the hard sell here. What's with this avocado toast? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the protracted conclusion of the Singles Ward. I'm Tony D from Tony D's Mormon movie comedy hijinks warehouse. Does your movie take place in the alien universe of a cult? Do you need some entirely inoffensive human-like interactions in order to call it a comedy? Well, then come on down to Tony D's Mormon movie comedy hijinks warehouse. We got food jokes, TV remote jokes, and lots and lots of inside jokes about your cult's terrible dark history. So come on down to Tony D's Mormon Movie Comedy Hijinks Warehouse. Your movie will be just like a real one. And we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our hero, he was hosting an impromptu God's Army viewing party. And we're going to rejoin <laughs> the action with him cleaning up from his Mormon rager when the uh, when the phone rings. It's Cammy saying that that last scene didn't make any sense. Right? She's like, <laughs> hey, I, I, I regret all the kissing, but... um. Now that we're dating, do you want to have a Christian <laughs> dating montage? <laughs> yes, right. And we should point out, look, there is zero fucking chemistry, but like they are literally together because they're the top two build characters. Oh, without question. <laughs> I, they might as well have matched these characters up in alphabetical order. That's how much sense <laughs> <laughs> their dating makes. Although I will say when they're on their date, we do get the restaurant with Christian music. It's got the like the the Christian jazz singer yep. at the Italian place. And yeah. I just want to say, if everywhere in this universe has Christian music, I want to see what this universe is like. Where, where am I? Oh, you got sucked into the TV while watching the singles ward. So, uh, you want to listen to some tunes while you're here? Um... Yeah, I guess. Cool, cool. You like rock? Sure. Oh, God, that's awful. Do you have anything else? Oh, all right. Um, How about some classical music? All right, I guess. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, No, God, make it stop. Are you telling me all music in this universe has changed to Christian? No, uh, country music is atheist here. I got my dog in my truck and Jesus ain't real and that's fucking true no matter how you feel. It's still bad, though. Yeah, still bad. Really. No way around that. So, hell, 
So yeah, hell, exactly. hell. Yeah. 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 We, we do believe in hell now. And then we get they go they they play they eat some dinner then they go to play a haunted mini golf. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Excellent please explain date. to me what happens with these people. Please. <laughs> the Bob Hope thing. Yes. Who are these people? <laughs> I have no idea. You like just a couple of people that wanted to play through there, I guess. Oh, the guy <laughs> the guys playing through at mini golf? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think one of them was uh coach of the BYU football team for a long time. Oh, like right one on. The, one of the most successful college football coaches ever. All right. Yeah. There you go. But playing through at mini golf and he's got a bag of putters because, you know, what a card. Like, <laughs> that's the only club on a mini golf course. It's so funny. Bag yeah. So, yeah, that's where the humor is in this scene. And then the important thing we learn is that she's going on a mission soon and he's super sad and disappointed because that means that they can't fuck i mean they're mormon which means they can't fuck but i i don't know anyway um but this is also the part where he has to now tell her that he's a divorcee which is a big deal in mormon universe apparently yeah yeah he's he's 26 and single and he's like yeah that's basically the same thing as like a 78 pinto with a gas leak and then they show a pinto exploding and I guess I'm like a 61 warhead from Russia with plutonium. <laughs> so that's fun for me. Yeah, my, my note here is just, uh, I don't want to know what Heath is in Mormonism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and just stun him and keep him in a cage, start lowering goats into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to eat this goat, but I'm not happy. <laughs> and then, okay, so he tells her he's divorced. Her response is, people aren't perfect, Jonathan. And then he turns to the camera and he says, huh, no judgmental responses. Weird, because Mormons literally don't know what a non-judgmental response would look like, right? They don't even understand that as a concept. Why doesn't she have any follow-up questions? That's not a non-judgmental response. That's an insane one. Uh, you know, my wife left me and I went through a divorce. I have that information now. Who the next one has a clown on it. What? <laughs> All right, so the the big date ends. He takes her out. They get to the door, and he does the whole like you know, hey, are are we gonna make out again? The make it out was was nice. He just throws Kool Aid in her face. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your thing? Is this how it works? So, but eventually they don't make out. But they agree that he'll go to her church if she'll come see him do uh, comedy. And I'm thinking, Ooh. no, I know comedians that have done a lot worse than than that. To try to fill it up. Not worth it. I would switch religions rather than go to someone's comedy show. Yeah. I'd be like, Muslim? Yeah. Sign me up. No. Sorry, I can't make your open mic. I would love to sit next to your dad and mom, though. I would, ah, it sounds like so much fun, but I have a a funeral, my funeral that week. Got us. <laughs> and then we get a montage of him being funny. But they know better than to use this guy trying to do comedy material. So we uh, just see him talking with music playing they, over it. They couldn't write 15 seconds of comedy. Nope. For montage. Nope. I'd pay a lot, though, to see footage of whatever he actually said when they shot that. <laughs> just like, so, Lorem Ipsum, am I right? You heard about this? Have you seen this? Lorem like this. Ipsum like this. Like, I just, He's heavy petting with a stool instead of fucking a stool. 
they move straight from there into a falling in love montage, complete with a pretty woman moment with the Boise guy, right? Yeah. And then he covers her car in Oreos to ask her to go to some kind of ball thing. And her her friend who's always talking about who she's going to marry eats the Oreos off the car. What the fuck? I mean, <laughs> if I if I hadn't been around Heath this much, I would have thought that was a strange scene. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> my first note here was, okay, well, I mean, take a few more Oreos for your pocket. Don't just, like, take the one. The car is full of Oreos. There's a lot of those there. And then, like, a second later... She- she goes back and does that. And I was like, yes, she really did. She took a whole bunch more. Oreos. Looking for a six four guy, all I'm saying. Made, made me really happy. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. That was the one. So thirty percent body fat more. <laughs> yeah. But they yeah, they're just doing montages within montage. Yeah. It's like a montage of trope montages. <laughs> which would actually be pretty funny if they did it on purpose. But the movie has zero self awareness, so it's just stupid. It's like just the girl laughing at stuff and then the, they do the trying on clothes thing they really do and then a tandem bike ride and i i wanted them to go nuts and like now like the bike's gay best friend is helping try on annoying couples like they could have gone <laughs> over the top but so okay and then we this ends with them sitting together looking over salt lake city talking about how good an idea mormonism sure was yes Oh, okay. So first of all, there's two things here. The first is that they're trying to do the look at the bright lights of New York City scene, but they're trying to do it with Salt Lake City. Which, yeah. <laughs> again, Salt Lake City has some lovely moments, but it doesn't, it's not the like, look over the George Washington Bridge scene they want. It's like, look, a big stone square. <laughs> but it's, it's there. It's dark, but it's there. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> if it was daytime, you would be seeing a large stone Gold square. dude. And the, the second thing the is the spin that they're trying to put on Brigham Young. It's like, you know, when Brigham Young built this place, he literally thought he was going to become a god of the sun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Can't a say that. Hell of a... He, he knew it would last. He thought it was a <laughs> swell idea. It was made from rocks, you see. They don't rot. Yeah. So we so we wrap up their falling in love bit. Meanwhile, the feds are showing up at the Mohawk tattoo guy's place to arrest him for dropping the car out of the airplane. It, it just keeps coming back. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> that was, was his personality trait, you yeah. see. No, I was getting worried. There's like only 30 minutes left in the movie, and that was a giant loose end that they've now <laughs> fixed. So that's good. And by the way, and like as he's getting arrested, all the friends show up and they're like, yeah, that's that character always getting arrested for dropping cars out of airplanes. And apparently, according to the IMDb page, they filmed this scene on 9-11. Like the 9-11, like that happened. And they're like, the show must go on, guys. What are we going to not film this Mormon movie today? And so they did. So now we know it was the worst thing that happened to that day. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So we cut inside. They're all sitting around the table eating Last Supper style on the one side of the table. And that's when Jonathan gets paged. Apparently, he's his agent or something has booked him a six week college tour, but he can't do it because he was like mid montage at that point. You mean his agent, <laughs> Offensive Black Voice? Yeah, that's the one. 
<laughs> which was clearly a white person trying to give this movie more diversity. Yep, sure was, and not succeeding. Hey, no. Jonathan, how you doing, boo? I'm just hanging here <laughs> with my sneakers and my <laughs> black. <laughs> <laughs> So he turns him down. He goes back into the room and in the kitchen, his friends are arguing over whether or not Steve Martin is a Mormon. Yep. No, he's not. Atheist. He's not no, he's an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently there was a huge thing about Mormons trying to claim Steve Martin because at one point in an interview, he wore a ring that kind of looked like one of their rings. So for decades, there were rumors that he was a Mormon. And it wasn't until 2002 that he kind of came out and said, no, I'm not a fucking Mormon. Um, and this movie was made in 2001. So, like, you know, I get I get why they landed there. <laughs> also, the maker of Battlestar Galactica is a Mormon, yep. apparently. Yep. And, and there's actually a lot of Mormon, like, tropes and shit thrown into Battlestar Galactica. They actually pull a lot of stuff from, you know, Mormon legends and shit uh, in the first, like, the early, early, early Battlestar Galacticas. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of shit that's in my head. Anyway, so... <laughs> Beck... Brigham Battlestar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then we get Cammy getting home from nursing, uh, but her roommates have all left to go baptize dead people or something. And she's got her mission statement, like her <gasps> uh, envelope that tells her where she's going to be for the next, however fucking long they send them away for. And again, yeah. it's a romantic comedy in an alien universe, right? Because there's all that like, oh, she's got this thing happening. Like, should she go or should she stay? But it's in the crazy universe of this cult. So it's like, oh, yeah, I knew a boy before my mission papers came. And I as I get it. I get it. Yeah. So also it's in a giant packet whenever they get these yeah. things. I uh -huh. feel like that's. So, you know, one page letter, like one <laughs> sentence, like, dear elder, uh, go dig a well in Boise, Idaho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can throw kids in there and go. End of letter. Like, packet feels like overkill. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they're wasting some postage there. Um, but she, so she goes to his comedy show. She, she wants to have somebody there to, like, read it with her or whatever. So she goes to his comedy show and he's there sucking at comedy. And I'm like, wow, he sucks. But strangely, at this point, they admit it. Right? Like right. they pan over his audience and they're just as bored as I am. Yeah. But that's why he has to switch over to his anti Mormon material. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so goddamn. Okay. So, yeah, the audience loves his anti Mormon bits. These are the most anodyne, fucking bleached out, inoffensive jokes you could possibly make about human beings. Right? Like there's not, nothing remotely offensive in his comedy. But. Cammy reacts to it like he's reenacting the aristocrats <laughs> like with actual kids. Yes, she is not. She's going to go full animals girlfriend here and storm out of the fucking place. That's just for us. And then so she storms out and that's when bitchy bartender is there to be catty. Yes. And again, it's just like a real romantic comedy, right? There's always the person who comes in and is like, yeah, he's fucking all sorts of women or he's doing this or he's doing that. Because it's a Mormon movie, she's like, yep, he tells those jokes all the time. You should hear him when he gets some alcohol in him. That's right. Yes! Alcohol. <laughs> and by the way, if you're wondering how poorly written this goddamn movie is, the opening of her line, I shit you not, is a non-ironic well, well, well. <laughs> Literally. 
I'm a bad guy. <laughs> As you can see, I have this cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like ready to have a clitoris duel with this woman. Like, <laughs> tumbleweed going by. I am also ready for them to have a clitoris yep, duel. Yeah, no, that would be, would be delightful. That would be awesome. And by the way, Cammy is literally crying over as like Mormons be making casseroles like this jokes, right? She's she sobbing. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like she just lost her dog. So, okay. <laughs> she goes out to the parking lot. Uh, uh, Jonathan finds out she's out there and he's like, oh, fuck. I was making G-rated jokes about Mormonism. I bet she's crushed. I'm allowed to say the M word. That is our word. She's crying <laughs> and yelling. It was puns. I made Mormon puns. <laughs> right. Wow. And this is time for, again, the big revelation moment, right? She's like, you stopped going to church because you just don't want to do whatever we tell you to. And he's like, that's, that's <laughs> exactly what I said. Well, don't, <laughs> yep. don't blame us on you. It's not about that. It's about making the right choice, which it just happens to be exactly what we say we're going to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love this because it, it becomes so goddamn weird. It, it gets so far off topic. But she turns to him and she's like, don't blame your bad marriage on the institution that pushed you into marriage at the age of 19. How could it possibly be Mormonism's fault? <laughs> and then they just sit there like, yeah, wow, that is. Fuck, you want to end this scene? Oh, yeah, we should go. We should go. Maybe end the movie? <laughs> yeah, right. No, right. we got another 75 minutes. Another 75. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to the bungee car? <laughs> We're going to right. find out about the bungee. <laughs> We're going to tie up all the plot threads. Who marries who? Trust me. <sighs> all right, but first we're going to need a stalking montage. Yeah, this time phone stalking. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I want to bring this up is there's this tiny moment where he goes, I mean, when a girl says she's praying and then turns you down, you can't ask her to ask again. Remember what happened to Martin Harris? And I'm like, okay, what? first of all, Martin Harris is the guy who's like, hey, my wife said that if you're really translating out of a book, I could hide these pages and you'd be able to do it again. And Joe <laughs> yeah. Smith was like, fuck no. <laughs> that has I don't want a million dollars. You don't. It's, you don't everybody doesn't want a million dollars from James Randi. Yeah, I busy. have plenty. Uh, make plenty of money in here as, as the Long Island medium on the learning channel. Right, but this has since become a joke about like, don't tick God off by asking too many questions among the Mormons. Yeah. But that's so fucking obscure. Like, Martin Harris, am I right? 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 Need the fucking end notes to Infinite Jest to understand this movie. <laughs> Bryce Blankenagle just sitting next to me the whole time explaining stuff. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you're a Mormon, we say this all the time for Christian movies, but especially if you're a Mormon, it's your movie. Don't bring up Martin Harris. <laughs> yeah, you don't bring right. up Pol Pot. He's probably got some interesting atheism shit to say. It's just we don't talk about it. I don't know. Maybe there was a guy in China. Maybe there wasn't. Some about collectivism. Just don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. <laughs> All right. So he decides now that she's she's going to go on her mission statement because fuck him and his Mormon jokes. So he's going to go on that comedy tour after all. Yes. <laughs> and to sell the he's touring college things. 
They have literally hung up this cheap ass banner behind them that says University <laughs> of Missouri, not even in the right colors for the school. There might as well be a post-it on the wall <laughs> that says University of Missouri. Just a giant, but like in case, in case people forget where they are, they can yeah. look at the, the curtain of the theater. Is, oh, this is a theater at University of Missouri in case you guys remember. Where are we? Univer okay, University of Missouri. Also, what? I've done college gigs. This yeah, is right. way too big for it. All right. If he was in a cafeteria performing for four crying freshmen, it'd be a college gig. Right? <laughs> I miss my dad. <laughs> well, I'm going to need you to take a card anyway, kiddo. <laughs> I'm going to need you to take a card anyway. And by the way, the whole reason it's University of Missouri is so they can hit him up with one of these like jokes about Mormon revisionist version of state history that wouldn't make any sense to anyone who wasn't a Mormon that believed in their revisionist version of Missouri state history. Yeah, again, with the ridiculously obscure, like the Missouri Mormon War of 1838, am I right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? This guy knows what I'm talking about. This guy definitely this knows what I'm talking about. This random 19-year-old, yeah, I'm sure he'll get this one. But they also have to show that while he's on his, his um, comedy tour, he's flirting with an awful lot of sin. They show him at a bar and he maybe drinks an alcohol, maybe doesn't. He gambles <laughs> with cards. He, he flirts crips. with vagina people. Yes, yeah. He plays cribs. I was really concerned about where this montage was going. <laughs> Doing all the bad stuff from old timey musicals. Yeah, like right. Cool right. craps. He starts dancing with Kevin Bacon. You know, <laughs> You'll never get to be a real boy that way. <laughs> um, and then they, by the way, they end this montage with an equally cheap University of Florida sign in the same font. And I guarantee you that that is the other side of the University Without of Miami question. banner. I would bet everything on it. <laughs> everything. <laughs> And through all of this, by the way, they're they're interspersing his being sinful montage with her getting ready to go on her mission montage. And they're trying to do like the back and forth of, oh, look how wholesome her thing is. Ooh, look how evil his thing is. And just like cutting in halfway through one sentence and then finishing it yeah, with the right. other person's <laughs> They get it wrong. They fuck it up so bad. So like the, much. The first one, he's at the bar and somebody's like, hey, man, I got the next drink for the comedian. What are you drinking? And he goes, I'll have a. Uh, uh, can we cut? Like, because they literally they couldn't think of a drink name. Beer. They couldn't think of the word beer would have worked. Just so you know. But then they cut to her, Cammy, being like, marvelous work and a wonder, which. Are not the names of drinks or fit into that I, I think sentence it's a Mormon at all? Book, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really wanted this montage to just keep going and get darker and darker every time. So, are you all set for your trip? Yep, I've got my mission Bible, my pamphlets, and my crack pipe, switchblade, and don't forget your cozy sweater in case it gets cold. I can't wait to reach out to all the prostitutes, but that's okay because you're paying them to leave. Am I right and wrong? Honestly, I'm just so honored to help me bury this body or what? Yeah, yeah like it would have been a little tight. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then so we end the montage. He's back home, uh, and now he's just laying in a bed and 
somebody's crying, and I really don't know where the fuck they are in relation to the rest of this scene. Who was that? It's just a woman weeping into a microphone. Like, that's the second time a character that's completely unrelated to the movie is crying for no reason. That happens twice. I have, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even think that was like an inside joke. I think that that was like, an accident in the edit. Actual editing <laughs> mistake that time? I have, I, I don't know. So, and then we get this weird bit where, like, he's coming back from his laundry and the damn uh, Mormon bishopric has showed up at his house and then he tries to hide, but the cops are in the bushes for no reason. What the fuck is happening? Again, it's what? just, it's like they had a whiteboard and on it was written callbacks and it was underlined a bunch of times, <laughs> but they didn't understand that, like... <laughs> They've got to be comedy callbacks. It just right. It's oh not no, he was doing saying, laundry earlier. So now this is a callback to him. Televisions. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, at this point, I, I I'm like they're just fucking with anybody who happens to be trying to take notes. <laughs> they knew. Also, by the way, uh, he found a way to top the silver shirt. Oh yes. Oh this yes. Is pretty amazing. He puts on another shirt. Like we've we've had a series of worse and worse shirts. Like he was buying shirts at Hot Topic with Roy Moore this whole time. <laughs> and now it's the pinnacle. He's got, it's it's like he's on a date rape themed bowling team <laughs> that's sponsored by the Elon Musk flamethrower company. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I had him as playing on a motorcycle stuntman themed bowling team from the 50s. <laughs> with the Also with dragon scales somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Ed Hardy was like, all right, man. Just, <laughs> you look like a douchebag. You look like an asshole. You look like an asshole. <laughs> you, you look ridiculous. I'm going to get back to putting something in this girl's drink. She's 15, so, but you're making me look bad. <laughs> so, so now, incredibly attractive bartender who clearly wants to date him invites him out for a fuck. Right. And she tries to fuck him, but he's just too Mormon. Right. He oh. goes to her house. And by the way, I've known some servers at comedy clubs. And yes, they all live in lovely full colonials with full living rooms. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got to get in on the serving at comedy club business. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. She lives on the top floor. And I'm pretty sure it's the same building as uh, Prophet Monson, the guy like right across <laughs> the street from the temple with yeah. the huge thing. I yeah. wonder who got that apartment when he died. Figure. Patreon goal. Let's try to buy that for Spike. Ooh. Let's buy that for <laughs> We'll turn it into something with a rainbow on it. That'll piss him off. As someone who has spent a <laughs> tremendous amount of their search lovingly running their fingers down the Zillow listings for Salt Lake City, I can tell you we can probably <laughs> afford that apartment to show. Oh, that would be pretty amazing. Like that that rainbow house next to the, the Westboro Baptist. We could yeah. do that for yeah. the Mormons. That's Hell a good yeah. idea. Mm. Or Or we join the Mormons and have a bunch of delicious snacks and live happily ever after. Okay, <laughs> so both. That's just, locked in. Just okay. me next week, guys. Sorry, <laughs> just me. All right, so then he turns back to the camera. She goes into change, right? But she's already almost naked, but she wants to be almost her naked. So he goes into she goes into change. He turns to the camera. He's like, "Wow, I had a really successful date, and now there's a beautiful woman that wants to have sex with me." Boy, is the secular life bad? Yes. Is what we're trying to establish. He he rejects her here. It's ridiculous. She's like, yeah, this is all beautiful. We're having a wonderful date. However, slut. <laughs> whore. Slut whore. Mother of all harlots. Whore, slut whore. And, and, and again, it's just a marker of how much this movie hates women that the denouement of this movie is treating a woman who was super nice to him like shit. 
Yeah. Right? It's it's not like, oh, I'm sorry, there's someone else. He's just like, fuck you. He might as well slide into home base as he gets out of her apartment. She's like, I was nothing but nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now he drives away. But don't worry, there's piano music playing. So we're close, guys. We're close. And he goes back to one of the spots from one of the montages, because this movie's too poorly written to have a meaningful place for him to go to think about her. Like, how fucking easy is that? Too hard for these guys. And then he's going to have some memories, but not about her. Nope. His childhood. Yeah, he's just having <laughs> memories of being happy in the Mormon church, like he broke up with the church. <laughs> exactly. They should have shots of him and Brigham Young together. Yeah. Just like, at Club Med in a hammock. And then trying on dresses. And then Sitting next to each other in bathtubs. Doing the lady in the tramp spaghetti thing. <laughs> Brigham Young showing him how to scalp a native child. It's yeah, not fun. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, because this is a Christian movie, we need a montage that includes moments from this movie. And then, for a first, a montage that contains moments from this montage. Yes! What the <laughs> fuck was happening? We were falling into an infinite inception well of fucking mirrors across from each other, montages. Yeah, it was terrifying. Oh, all right. And then we cut to him. He's fallen asleep in his car, right? And there's two kids the next morning wondering if he's dead. Yeah, what? Like, was it? There's a really weird version of Stand By Me going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be a nostalgia thing. Like, hey, remember you in your childhood? Me and my friends would walk around looking for corpses. <laughs> throwing bubble gum at them. Right, only a so nickel. <laughs> what? Yeah, and by the way, that's their solution is they find, like, do you think he's dead? And he's like, I don't know, throw some gum on his face and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed oh, like gum. an odd choice. They said gum. Never mind. I have, a, <laughs> I have a bunch of notes about this scene being relatable, but never eat gum. Joy the G. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> I got nothing. You guys do jokes. But yeah, so they throw gum on him and he wakes up and then they freak out and run away. He steps out of the car. Right. And he's giving this like, oh, I realize I really should be a church member monologue. And I wanted it to pan down and there's a dead teenager tangled up in his wheels. <laughs> Get covered in bubble gum. <laughs> or something else. Whatever. And he turns to he turns to the camera and he goes. And, you know, I want to be a Mormon now. And it's not because the girl I like will only fuck me if I'm a Mormon. It's because she'll only fuck me if I want to be a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then his friends show up and they fuck up the fourth wall breaking bit. Oh. I stop looking at the camera. I hate it. I hate him so much. Oh. I want the fourth wall to fly in and hit him in the face. <laughs> He's the it's worst. Like Jimmy Fallon would walk in and be like, hey, man, you, you know what? Just like if you don't have anything funny to say, don't check in with the audience. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, if, excuse me. I'm going to go ruffle a Nazi's hair. <laughs> oh, white women singing black people's songs. Are you guys watching? Are you watching? Yeah. I'm Jimmy Fallon. I'm on the TV. <laughs> Fuck my life. He so. still exists. <laughs> All right. So now his I'm friends there. have shown up. <laughs> All right. So his friends have shown up to fuck up his monologue and bungee another car. Because <sighs> this throwaway joke is the goddamn plot at this point. Well, because otherwise they would literally have to walk over and be like, hey, um, we've literally hit every comedy trope in every movie. 
ever, except for the airport chase. You want to do the airport yeah. chase? <laughs> Let's do the airport chase. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And cause his car won't start again. So he has to take the car that they were going to bungee jump and drive to the airport there. And this becomes a fucking contest, right? Of how many cliches can we fit into the next? It's like they had a list of cliches they had to get through. And they're like, fuck, guys, we got to get all of them in the next five minutes. <laughs> Genuinely, like it, it is baffling. It's like, oh, airport security running up the down escalator. Like, is that a dog? <laughs> Apple carts just Whatever okay. possibly. No, this is literally it. Okay, I wrote them down. It's like driving over sidewalks, sliding over the hood of the car to get in, jumping the car over something, driving by a surprise pedestrian in a non-driving spot, finding a parking spot right in front of a place where that would never happen, escalator shenanigans, sliding together on a wet floor, I forgot stopping mid-chase to flirt with a pretty girl. <laughs> yes, and this is all to culminate in stopping her at the airport. <laughs> He starts running into other movie characters. <laughs> Sly Stallone trying to catch his moms in the way. <laughs> Ross and Rachel. Ferris Bueller's trying to get home. Crocodile Dundee at the subway. <laughs> there's, there's a subway in the airport because fuck you. And he, he crawls over airport security over every heads. And then, yeah, he does the hood slide. They literally do the yes. hood slide. And like the Dukes of Hazard guy smashes into him going the other way across the hood. <laughs> like, knocks into the kid from Love Actually. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is <laughs> it next cars fly? <laughs> All right, but he finally he catches up with her, and he tells her that it, she shouldn't go, and he loves her, and he wants to get married, because you know when things aren't going well, propose. That's usually a good move. Hey, uh, hey, Heath and I for, are from upstate New York. Some people believe in that, Noah. Some people believe. In that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get another. Air quotes celebrity cameo. Oh, oh the, is the random the old, old guy? guy? Who is that? He I, is my favorite. I didn't know he was famous. I, I'm assuming he is because otherwise this makes no fucking sense, right? But he's the <laughs> best though. He's just he's just standing behind in the in the airplane line, and he's like, "What the fuck, boo? What? Boo the line? <laughs> awesome! I love it. Like you would actually do. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly." But she she loves him too. But she needs some time away. That's this is two. It's not you. It's me. Movies in a row for us. But she leaves. God apparently needs her in Sydney, Australia. I'm like, guys, it's already pretty delightsome there. They're they're fine. But pretty great. Yeah, yeah. But she heads out to do her fucking mission anyway. Even though he did catch her. And then we fast forward to after her mission. Okay, did she go on her mission though? Because. I don't Cause, know. Cause, okay, because this is super confusing, and I'm sorry to jump ahead, but they're married now, and and we think he's picking her up from her mission, but they're married, but we never saw her get off the plane. Yeah, like for a movie that drug everything out for 50 years, the main characters falling in love, making up, and getting together, and getting married all happens off camera without our knowledge. Yes. Yeah. So get ready for that. And after a scene where she's like, no, I am leaving. Yeah, right, right. So, okay, so this is how that all unfolds. We we, we should cut to him waiting at the airport uh, with another celebrity cameo, um, sort of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you guys big fans of Thurl Lee Bailey, <laughs> the NBA player for a little while. Right, yeah, player. He's, he's That's on... 
He's on the Utah Jazz for a little bit. He's a singer too. He owns a a lawn care company in in Provo, I think now. Maybe <laughs> <not him. laughs> And that's two black people. So token, well, token would be the wrong word now. Yeah. <laughs> like this whole scene might as well just be John reading a list of mediocre professional athletes who happen to be Mormon. Yeah, right. Like 20 right. minutes. But with caveats of like black guy. Uh, Tejon <laughs> other black guy, just saying. <laughs> Too rumored to be was. Mormon. <laughs> um, okay, so he, but he's here to pick up the dude from Bo- that went to Boise. All the characters are here, in fact. And for some reason, the music is... A Mr. Rogers scene change and there's no reason why that should be so but it is and then he he goes home from that scene and the girl Cammy is just there and they're together now yep that's it and married and, and that's and then like the movie ends literally he's just like <laughs> I, I'm we're married now the end Yes. <laughs> right? Am I am I crazy? Like did I actually No, the, the fucking plot was so perfunctory that they themselves didn't feel the need to wrap it up. They were like, you know what's gonna fucking the guy meets girl. It's duh. And then they try <laughs> for their breakfast club clothes, but they don't realize that something funny or interesting or related to the character is supposed to happen with each of these people. So a lot of it's just like this guy is now a husband with some kids. These fictional characters. Yeah. There was some not funny stuff, but there was some fucking weird stuff in this little (laughs) pose. So Zach, the bungee car jumper guy, he went to jail for four months for doing that and for running through airport security. And that's where he fell in love with a man named Afterglow. I don't know what what it said. I don't know what I don't know what Afterglow is. I, I had no fucking idea. No clue. Okay. Well, Bryce, there's let a us picture know. of him and a man with their arms around each other. So maybe it was a I think really he fell progressive in love. moment about <laughs> I think he fell in marriage. love with Afterglow, which is a, a thing. Uh, an, a noun? It's a noun? Yeah, know yeah like a product or something. Because the next Afterglow. time we see him, he doesn't have the same hair. Maybe it's a hair thing. I, like I don't soul know. soul glow? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's like soul glow from Mormons. We'll go with that. Why the fuck not? They're a Mormon band. They're a Mormon band. I googled it, everybody. Oh, okay. All right, that's it. <laughs> but I love he's ending to this movie. <laughs> that he just got gay married to a guy from prison. <laughs> that's a great name. If I'm in gay porn ever, I'm gonna my name's gonna be Hell yeah, girl. man. Hell yeah. yeah. Or straight porn, I guess. Whatever porn. <laughs> I don't know why it was it had to be gay, but it could be any. So, and then we carry on. Perfect husband lady got a really creepy husband that sucked. Boise became a super Mormon, apparently. Uh, yeah. Uh, the nerd nerdy guy wears hip clothes now, which yeah. they're pretty sure hip clothes are Bermuda shorts and Hawaiian shirts. That's what they seem to think those are. Like big and baggy shorts like the Lamanites wear. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, yeah. <laughs> and I love this part too where it's like, Hiram, you know, got married and had kids. I'm like, who the fuck is Hiram? He is friend six and you had nothing to say. Why not just leave him out of it? And then perv dude, uh, Mormon Dwight Schrute, he ordered a wife online. (laughs) Virtual binders of different choices. (laughs) That was a weird moment. And then Cammie went on to write Mormon movies. Living the dream, y'all. Wait, I thought it was John became a movie writer. Oh, was that? Okay, that makes because, sense. Because, because the then guy they were like, who... and Cammie went on to pursue a career as 
a uterus. <laughs> mom. Mom, to, which if you think about it, is a job all at itself. <laughs> Full time all right. job. <laughs> all right. Well, to close things off tonight, I guess I'm going to ask uh, the question that's on everybody's mind. What would be too boring to make a Mormon movie out of? Um... Uh... Is this a Zen koan? <laughs> uh, I'm going to sit under a tree for 10 years and I'll get back to you. Okay. No right. fucking clue. Moo. 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 You got it. <laughs> Moo. You hear that? Boom. Two boy. Ooh. Uh, Mormon answer. sex. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I think so. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our review of the singles word, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to make your naughty bits tingle over next week's selection. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. God's Army 2, States of Grace. We promise oh. this time for real. Yeah, right. For real. So, if you watched it, it's, it's going to pay off this time. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so with that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 149 to a merciful close. Once again, huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptic Credit, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Eli turned Twitter into a singles ward for Heath. It's going, going pretty great, actually. Noah realized too late that he'd left his binders joke out of the Mormon pickup lines thing. Fuck, I had a good binders joke. The star of this movie is an actual ex-Mormon who's currently on Broadway and was in the P.T. Barnum movie because there is no God. Upon realizing the bartender was Danny Ainge's wife, Noah went out and started working on his three-pointers. <laughs> Who that was. He's going to convince Stop her. It. He's going to, don't Stop worry, don't it. worry. He's going to use his powers of reason. Yap quietly. <laughs> why do you keep barking? I can't breathe. It's because I can't breathe. <laughs> I can never breathe. That's why I always bark. It's cruel, cruel life. But I think they're back now. So that's going to stop soon. <laughs> okay. Imagine CPAP machine done. got knocked out of place. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan. We're going to have a little pause there. Okay, so I think we're. My... I think we're. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.